You're listening to Simple Wonders, the podcast for parents who want to raise happy, curious, lifelong learners. Hi, I'm your host, Jessica Smith, certified family life educator and mama of three. Join me as we explore simple tools to nurture your child's heart and mind. Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Simple Wonders podcast. Before I begin digging into big ideas and how to apply them, I want to introduce myself and why I began the podcast. So a little bit about me. I was homeschooled K through 12 with a little bit of public school in high school, just a couple classes a day. My siblings were also homeschooled fully through elementary school, but I also had some online charter school and public school as well. Each person's education was as unique as they were. Now that I'm older, I realize that my parents believed in home-based learning, and I've adopted that mentality, and I'm currently homeschooling my own three boys. Now, although I've chosen home education for my family, this podcast is meant for all parents, no matter what your educational situation is. So after high school, I attended Brigham Young University and earned a degree in child development and family studies. I originally wanted to do psychology, but in one of my classes, a professor came in and was trying to recruit more people to the family studies major. He used this metaphor that has stuck with me for the past 15 years. He said that psychologists are the ambulance at the bottom of a cliff, and family life educators are the fence at the top. He said, we need more fences and less ambulances. That's when I knew I wanted to be a family life educator and help support families. I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And yes, we do believe in the Bible and Jesus Christ. He is the the whole reason behind our religion. Um, If you're not a member of my church, I promise you there will be something for you in this podcast. I'll share eternal truths that are applicable to all Christians. Now, I just recently became a certified family life educator, provisional status, which just means that I need 3,200 hours of work experience before I can become fully certified. And as I was brainstorming what I could do to help support families and educate parents, what I found through my research and my experience is that Parents need support and tools in their roles as teachers. There is a surprising lack of resources and knowledge available for parents in this area of family systems. I have read tons and tons of books on parenting and education. It's kind of my weird obsession. And in all that research, I have discovered the power in a home-based education mentality. What I found is that no amount of educational or social reform will make a difference if we continue to neglect the home and ignore the powerful influence that parents have on their children. So let's rewind almost seven years ago when I was first introduced to Charlotte Mason's educational philosophy. Most of this podcast material is going to be based on her and her philosophy and methods. Even though she was an educator from 19th century Britain, most, if not all of her ideas, are supported by current research and scriptural doctrine. 
So I'll quote her often and for good reason. So she was a teacher in Britain. She had over 40 years of experience teaching thousands of children and teachers at a training college that she opened. Most of most people have not heard of her before unless you're in the homeschool community. She was the original promoter of home-centered community-supported education. And even though her philosophy and methods are used by mostly homeschoolers today, she ran successful schools and a teacher's training college. Most of her books are written for parents because, from her experience, she said that is where children's characters were most influenced, for good or bad. She said that it doesn't matter how good the curriculum is or how skilled the teachers are. If parents do not understand their power and responsibility as teachers, then education will not be nearly as effective. So to support parents in their role, she started a magazine called The Parents Review, and she also wrote six volumes on education. And these volumes are for parents and teachers because, again, she believed that education began in the home and was was based in the home and was supported by the school. Now, her hard work and success did not go unnoticed while she was alive. The British government offered her a job in the Department of Education, but she refused because she knew that she wouldn't be allowed the freedom to implement all of her methods, and it was so important to her. She had so much faith um, and knowledge that these methods worked, that she didn't want to compromise that. So she kept going, um, kept running her private schools. And it wasn't just the British government that recognized how much she had to offer. The historian David McCullough called her, quote, the greatest educator of our time. And Elizabeth R., the former Queen of England, acknowledged her great contribution to education by saying, Quote, teachers owe much to Charlotte Mason's deep insight into child psychology and the new principles in character building and mind training which she advocated. What I personally find most fascinating and refreshing is that she was a true disciple of Jesus Christ. Most of her educational ideas came from studying the life of Jesus Christ, the master teacher. Her philosophy was based on eternal truth. And her methods were based on direct observation of children in their natural environment, not on experiments done on rats and pigeons, which is what a lot, which is what most of our parenting and teaching methods are based on, is behaviorism and um, experiments done on animals. There is so much truth in Mason's volumes, and I believe it is applicable to all families in all situations, which is something she also believed and had experience with in her schools. But her language and her ideas are pretty intimidating for most moms who are just trying to survive the day-to-day life. And that's one major goal of this podcast, to make her philosophy simple and practical for modern moms. I'll be discussing in depth her philosophy and methods in future episodes. One truth that I've learned over the years is that teaching is an art and a science. A lot of different sources may say that it's either an art or it's a science, but it's actually both. 
It's a science because the study of how the human brain works and learns is based in cognitive science. This is the physical aspect that's easier to study. But it's an art because our interactions, our relationship with our child or students, is based on principles that you need to know how to apply in various situations. These are the spiritual aspects of teaching, and they're nearly impossible to test and quantify. I love using studies to discover truth when possible, but there's a caveat. In college, I took statistics and research methodology classes and learned how to look at a study and say this was done well or this was not done well. I came away much more skeptical of studies in social sciences. It was very difficult for me to go through college and read one study and say, okay, this is truth, and then read another study that was done equally well, and it came away with a different result, almost opposite. I just came away, I thought, more confused Well, it turns out that most scientific studies in the social sciences are what is called irreproducible, meaning if you ran the same experiment a second time, you would get a different answer or the findings wouldn't hold up. This actually happens quite often, and it's rather disturbing. In 2015, psychologist Brian Nosek of the University of Virginia published evidence that only 60% of psychology research is likely reproducible. And research in social psychology, with, which deals with relationships, looks even worse. They found that only 20% of those studies were reproducible. So we can gain a decent amount of truth from research studies when it comes to the psychology of learning. But when it comes to relationships, the science isn't reliable. Teaching, or the spiritual aspect of teaching, the relational aspect of teaching, is an art and requires knowledge of basic principles and experience in applying those principles. So the question is, where can we find these time-tested principles of teaching? The scriptures. The scriptures are full of wisdom and experience passed down from generation to generation. They are the culmination of thousands of years of experience and knowledge in the realm of teaching and human relationships. Anecdotal evidence and tradition may seem like the antithesis of science, but as we learned, the study of relationships just does not lend itself well to quantitative data. When it comes to parenting and teaching, Americans and a few other westernized countries like Britain and Canada depend way too much on professionals' opinions and theories rather than time-tested practices. And we're beginning to see the fruits of this mentality. This generation of American children have higher rates of anxiety, depression, substance abuse, suicide, bullying, narcissism, and they're less creative and empathetic than any other generation. The stress an average child feels today was once considered a psychological disorder just a hundred years ago. In fact, children today are more stressed and anxious than children during the Depression. That is a lot of negative data that I just threw out there. But there is hope. There is a solution. And it's the family, specifically mothers. Parenting and family life is truly the foundation of society. 
For example, the style of parenting that a person experiences growing up will influence how that individual views the role of authority and government, and consequently, how they will vote. How much a mother is present during the first three years of life totally changes how the brain works in a baby and the child's ability to handle stress and make good decisions later in life. The amount of books in a home is more influential on a child's academic attainment than the quality of school, parents' education attainment, and socioeconomic status. The name for this podcast came from a quote by Charlotte Mason. When speaking to mothers about the importance of spending a few hours outside every day, she said, quote, Mothers work wonders once they are convinced that wonders are demanded of them. Mothers do work wonders. We just need to be reminded of why we're so important and how to make the biggest difference in our children's lives. And although fathers are so important too, mothers have been given the responsibility by God to nurture his children. Modern society tells mothers that they are replaceable in every stage of child development. But God and evidence says that we're not. As a mother living in this brave new world of parenting, I've experienced a lot of failures, I've asked a lot of questions, and I'm slowly discovering the truth of what it means to parent and teach in the Savior's way. And that's how this podcast was born. I believe our best hope for a healthier, stronger society is an educational revolution, one where we include home as the center of learning and mothers as the primary teachers. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing and or rating the podcast, or even better, share it with friends and family. If you'd like to further support our work here, you can donate by clicking on the link in our profile. I'd like to send a big thank you to Angeline Heindel and Taylor Scholl, my production manager. And thank you so much for being here. I can't wait to discuss our next topic, self-education. Until then, go out and work some wonders.